In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, the fourth Sunday of Easter, is also known as Good Shepherd Sunday. Every year in our lectionary cycle, the gospel reading is taken from the 10th chapter of John's gospel, which contains Jesus' discourse on the image of the good shepherd, the sheep, and the gate of the sheepfold. Every year, we also recite the 23rd Psalm, although if you notice, this year we sang it. The Lord is my shepherd. And every year, as I prepare to preach on this Sunday, I find myself facing the same challenges. On one hand, there is the power and appeal of this imagery that stayed in our Christian imaginations for 2,000 years, the Good Shepherd. And there's, of course, Psalm 23, which resonates with all of us every time we hear it. But on the other hand, I always find myself fighting a little against this imagery. I was never really a big fan of the pastel-colored covered Jesus in a white robe surrounded by white lambs and blonde-haired, blue-eyed, smiling children. I don't really want to be thought of as a sheep, unable to do anything on my own. And I don't really want to feel like I need to escape to some far-off, grass-covered riverbank to find peace in my life. These images and thoughts might be very comforting and relaxing to some, but they can actually be pretty difficult to preach on. The reading from St. John's Gospel that we just heard comes well into the chapter. So Jesus has been using this imagery of the good shepherd and the sheep and the sheepfold for a long time before our lesson picks up this morning. It's also helpful to remember that this whole discourse comes immediately after the long story of Jesus healing a man who was born blind, a story in which the blind man comes to know Jesus through the sound of his voice. So in our passage this morning, Jesus begins, I am the good shepherd. And then he contrasts this behavior and the character of the shepherd with the hired hand. And we're likely to think that that's what makes the good shepherd good, unlike the bad hired hand. But in this instance, the original Greek word actually has a slightly different meaning. It could be better translated as noble or ideal or even model shepherd. In fact, it might be better understood as being between honor and shame rather than between good and bad or good and evil. But does that really matter? Well, it might, actually. If we think about what Jesus is saying as a description of this ideal shepherd. The ideal shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Now, immediately, our minds go straight to the cross and of Jesus' words to his disciples at the Last Supper. No one has greater love than this, 
to lay down one's life for one's friends. And in fact, both of the qualities of this ideal shepherd in the reading, that he lays down his life for his sheep, and that the shepherd knows his sheep by name, are obvious to us hearing it today, after the cross and the resurrection. For we've already seen the true, the model shepherd in action, laying down his life for his friends, for us, and calling his own by their name, as he called Mary Magdalene in the garden. And in that moment, she knew her Lord. So in the Gospel of John, we are not only given Jesus's words about the character and behavior of this good shepherd, but John also explicitly makes the case that Jesus is the prime example of this good shepherd through his words and through his actions. But there's also a challenge here. Because while the image of the good shepherd seems to invite us into a place of comfort, peace, and security, sheep under the protective care of the shepherd, if we really take a good look at what we're being told, that may not be the entire picture. In the epistle reading from the first letter of John, the author seems to say to us, yes, Jesus did lay down his life for us. And in response, we are to lay down our lives for others. That doesn't sound much like a sheep curling up and taking a nap in peaceful bliss to me. There's no protective wall, only the example of Jesus calling us out into the world, calling us to love others in the same way, with the same consequences that he faced. And on top of all that, these walls that enclose the sheepfold aren't even really closed off from the world. Because though he may know us by name, Jesus is also calling others into this relationship. He says, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. That's an important statement for us to remember. Because as sheep... We want to remain with what is familiar and what is comfortable. We like the security and the comfort of this good shepherd. We want to be nurtured and protected. But Jesus is also prodding us outward into those difficult encounters with the strange, the other, the uncomfortable. Think about all those places we go when we want safety, security, and comfort. Church might be one of them, where we don't necessarily want to deal with hard issues or difficult people or even strangers. For many of us, the thought of encountering people who are unlike ourselves can create fear or even hostility. Just think about those times when you found yourself in a strange neighborhood or in a strange city, and you just double-check to make sure that the car doors really are locked. 
if we're really being honest with ourselves, that might be a sign of a bigger issue at play. And yes, it is those small acts of distrust and labeling that have led to the countless number of unnecessary deaths that now seem to be daily occurrences in our country. But what would it be like if we actively opened up our hearts, ourselves, and our community to this challenging and unsettling encounter with the stranger, with the outcast? What if we allowed those encounters to take place not on our terms with all of our preconceptions, but on the other person's terms for once, or at least on neutral terms? That's just one way that the words of this gospel reading take us out of still waters and green pastures, out of the protective enclosure and into the world, the valley of the shadow of death. Jesus reminds us that his call goes out into the world to others and that he offers abundant life to people who might make us uncomfortable. He laid down his life for them as well. He calls us, too, not only to be sheep, but also to be shepherds and to lay down our lives for others, to invite others into relationship with him. As he laid down his life for his friends, may we be challenged to offer ourselves in the same way, sharing our love, sharing our faith. May we invite others into relationship with Jesus. May our church, our community, reflect and embody the world around us. And may our invitation to others be an invitation to us as well an invitation to grow, to change, and to experience more fully the abundant life that is ours through Jesus Christ.